Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. We're coming in special today because I actually have the guest sitting, I don't know what, two feet away from me. Uh, we've got none other, than, none other than my man, Ollie OJ Matthews, who is absolutely a badass in great physical condition and amazing mindset coach, as well as like pretty much living an upgraded life. The guy's a badass. What's it called again? TheUpgradedCoach.com? TheUpgradedCoach.com. TheUpgradedCoach.com. We're sponsored by those guys today. Go check it out. As always, we're sponsored by AdelaMarcy.com as well. And because it's so early in the morning that we're doing this podcast, uh, you're going to hear my crazy ass cats running around in the background. I apologize for that, but we'll see if they'll calm down in a couple of minutes or not. She's just going to be crazy. They, they were quiet until we started. D- d- she waits. That's what it is. But dude, thank you so much for coming down and actually doing the show today. I'm going to pass the mic over to you while I sort this out. Just give us a little Good. something about what you do and who you are and stuff so like uh, everyone can get used to you. So I'm Ollie Matthews, OJ as people call me, and... I work with entrepreneurs, high-performing entrepreneurs, to really dive deep from the inside out, where they've got their business on track, and we look at the the five pillars of health. So we go into their madness, mindset, or movement, their money, and was it marriage? Marriage. Yeah, fifth one. Because I remember we were talking about this. Yeah. Yeah, because marriage isn't just so much about like between people getting married it's more or less about commitment right exactly and I wanted five M's and I wanted an M for relationships I'm not going to lie about how it came around but it worked because <laughs> yeah we look into the marriage side of things but it's not marriage as in husband and wife getting together or husband and husband like or wife and wife, 20, you know, wife, and wife. We, live, we live in the modern world it's also like how your relationships are with your family your friends your children and everything like that so it's quite cool to dive into and these guys have got Usually it's the money they've got on point, but when they actually look into it, other things are sliding a lot, and it's usually madness, which is fun, and the marriage, which are the worst ones, and yeah. the movement comes off the back of it. Yeah, It was going to be macros in there, but I absolutely hate it when people are saying about fitting your macros and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, see, you got you got to talk about it in a minute. So like, what do you mean by macros? Because I know it's like more of a food thing, really. Yeah, so you've got your macronutrients, your protein, fat, and your carbs, and people just always, there's this trend, which I believe, yeah, there's like flexible dieting, and I like to be flexible with my clients, but you can't just have 300 grams of carbs and 200 grams of protein and all this sort of stuff. You need to have a little bit more, like, dialing in than that. Just, what the hell's that cat doing? I have no idea. She's going to get on top of the free, fridge freezer. Like, that'll be a new world record. I mean, we should film she's, it and put it on YouTube. She's insane. Like, I've got, I got to start their own YouTube channel because you can, yeah. <laughs> For, for guys who are not listening, just hearing like weird scratching noises in the background, she's running around and literally jumping up walls. She's gone at least a good four or five feet up in the air, just like running up a wall. Like vertically. She's a fucking maniac. It's but a face off now. It is. It's, it really is between those two. I've got to like move them away so it doesn't get scratched. But yeah. So with macros and nutrients and stuff like that, you got, you know, you can only have certain things set in certain ways, right? Yeah, exactly. And whilst, as I say, I do like a good bit of flexibility. And being in the entrepreneurial world, like we'll we'll all know about the eighty twenty rule, and yeah. I believe that's a big thing with not just your food, but also your life. And so with clients, yeah, we'll have a plan. But if you get eighty percent of that plan, twenty percent of the time, you can chill. You maybe have some alcohol. You can have some sweets or have some things that people would call junk food. See, that makes me smile because I fucking love my sweets. But wait for the next line. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Unless you got a fight coming up. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> No, I mean, <laughs> if you're close to a fight, I have a massive background in athletes, and 
working with world champions, Olympic athletes, and if you're close to an event that is actually your profession or something you're 100% trained for, you can have a little bit of discipline to actually have three, four weeks off of that. If not, that fight doesn't mean enough to you to actually warrant that. Yeah, it's basically kind of like your why, like why you yeah. do something rather like the than prioritization, just kind of like, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you got to have that. And that's really interesting because, like, again, it's one of those things I see so many people that are in either my profession, you know, because I work in business online and stuff like yeah. that. You know, I help people with their business and copy. But my actual free profession, the thing I love doing, my passion is doing jujitsu. I love training, I love doing that. And there's guys that I know, like me, who just train, kind of part of the weight, don't really cut weight, and then there's other guys that are hardcore and like super great shape. And I want to be one of those guys. So that's kind of like what I'm leaning towards. But with that being said, what would you say that you find is the, one of the biggest mistakes people do when it comes down to like weight trimming? Because that's a thing people just suck at. I know I suck at the whole nutrition aspect. Because there's so many places to go to now. I think there's there's two things. On the first thing is you mentioned about not having the goals. Yeah diving into those goals and finding out why they want those goals because some people say yeah I want to be in shape but never really look at what that means to them they never look at what life is going to be like when they get into that shape and they say yeah it's cool yeah I want abs and then you like really have to like cut back on the ice cream cut back on the sweets like, maybe I don't want abs <laughs> and you can have both now I've been in that world where it is all or nothing and it weren't a nice place like literally diving into eating disorders and things like that I've had eating disorders in the past and which one it was more like exercise anemia that sort of thing oh yeah got you. Were you overkill it yeah yeah so, so it's not actually I don't believe it's actually diagnosed as an eating disorder but it was yeah and then there was binge eating and it was all through restriction and you don't need to do that yeah because like, restriction only causes it's like a tension band the farther you restrict it pull away it's going to snap and everything's going to come yeah. crumbling down but at that time, no one could tell me I had that. I would miss social events. I would go to, like, I went to a wedding with Tupperware. I remember, like, once I went to a wedding and because it wasn't meal time, everyone was eating their food at seven and I wouldn't eat until, like, 7.45. So I literally sat there with nothing in front of me. Everyone's tucking into this really posh three-course meal and I'm waiting to have my chicken and broccoli, which is, like, what a load of bollocks that is. Yeah. And like now I'd be like I'd just if I could go back in time I would just smack myself right in the face there and say what the fuck are you doing live your life a little bit yeah and it was cool because I was doing bodybuilding shows yeah and I was attempting to win a plastic trophy well there's no shame in actually like going out and doing what you love for a passion but at the same time when that passion stops you having a life yeah that's when it starts becoming an issue I mean it's like um you know this way working with athletes and stuff like that. If when they're not competing, when they're not got competition, those guys pig out. Yeah. Like bingey like crazy. I think um, someone like one of my favorite fighters of all time, Anderson Silva. A lot of people don't know this. He fought. He used to. He still fights at one hundred eighty five pounds. He's about thirteen and a half stone uh, for the UK people. He walks around at two twenty two thirty. It's nuts, isn't it? Like look at Ricky Hatton as well. Yeah, Ricky. Look at him now. Oh yeah. Like, the guy walked. For, what was it? One forty five was what he Something fought. Like that. Yeah. And now he's walking around well over 200. It is crazy. And what that does to the body as well. Yeah. You're, now, you're when laughing. I've worked with fighters in the past, it's been hard for some people. Like, I've got a, a lady, she fights at, I think it's 135 or 136. And... What sport? In MMA. Okay, so 135. Yeah, 135. Featherweight. Yeah. So, her to okay. stay at that shape, because naturally, her body doesn't want to stay at that shape. 
it's hard for her to do that. However, if you get out of discipline a lot, that makes that weight cut really hard. Yeah. And I hate it. Absolutely hate it. But having to have someone on like seven, eight hundred calories, like it kills me like giving him a plan like that. And every fight, I'm like, we need enough time off the fight to really bump your calories up and get your body to a point where we can diet on more calories. But then she gets another fight. And it's, it's because she'll, she'll get paid for that fight. She's a pro fighter. But it's, if you can keep in better shape, it stops this yo-yo dieting. Yeah. And that's what I've developed in, in like, there's a part, and I won't go into like details of the plan, but. Oh, feel free to, I'm gonna ask you to go into details. Yeah. Minute, so go, go nuts. <laughs> so we've got like three phases. The align, design, and refine phase. And the refine phase literally is like, you've had your goal where you've dropped down weight, you've built muscle or dropped a lot of fat. But then we need to sit at that weight for like four or five weeks for your body to adjust to it and have that as a new reset point. It stops the yo-yo diet. Yeah, entirely. Basically, what you say to a lot of people is that, um, again, like I said, my goal is to cut down to 67 kilos from 79. Um, and I know I can get to that by the end of the year. That's say yeah. six months. 12 kilos in six months is not hard, especially if you yeah. eat right, train right. I mean, I'm training five days a week. I can you know, manage my diet a little bit better, shit like that. As a person, you reckon that's doable? It's definitely doable. Right. Now, the thing is, I've actually said I don't want to cut all the way to 70, 67 right away. Rather, it's I want to get to 72 by the end of September, sit at 72 until about the end of October for like a month, just sit there, and then start cutting from 72 down, rather than going from 79 to 67, because then my body's going to be like, yo, dude, it's Christmas, let's, let's party, and I'll yeah. bump right back up. Exactly. Versus if my body's used to at 72, if I bump right back up, it's not going to go beyond 72. Yeah. Treat, my, like business, like... It gets support. You put in hard work, and then you need to enjoy it when you get to a certain point. However, progressing in business is addictive. Yeah. Just like dropping weight, when that scale moves, it gets addictive. And what can I push it more and more? So, say you go to like six figures a year, and you're like, yeah, now I want to get to seven figures a year or whatever. Like, yeah, you want to coast for a little bit. Yeah. Not not so long where it gets detrimental. Yeah, and complacency. Exactly. But it's uh, like we're both rap fans, so definitely you know this guy, Lupe Fiasco. Yeah. Favorite song of his of all time for me is "Still Gotta Be Kip Push." Oh, I love it. Yeah, absolutely love but, it. I remember seeing him live. At, uh, he was supporting Kanye. That must be about ten years ago now. Yeah. Wait, was that when he did "Touch the Sky" as an opening act? Yeah. Yeah, I fucking love that. But I loved um, "Kick Push" simply because it has a very good thing. It's like "Kick Push," which is progress. Yeah. And coast. And you gotta you gotta enjoy yeah. that moment to like coast on. But. Something that you did touch on that I really want to kind of go back to was like the yo-yo dieting. Someone like Roy Jones Jr. Roy Jones went from 160, 165 to 195 pounds. Constantly, he was defending middle, super middle. He was defending super middle, cruiser, and heavyweight belts all at the same time. Like, he didn't take any time off. And what ended up happening was you saw his body slow down. He couldn't keep up with what his body wanted, and that was because he was yo-yoing. So... Let's talk that from a business standpoint as well. If your energy levels are good and you're coasting at a certain level, your energy levels kind of stabilize, which gives you more of an output, right? Yeah. Whereas if you're constantly yo-yoing, your body some days is good, some days it's bad. There's no yeah, you're not going to have consistency. And yeah. what happens then if you, your body's going up on energy and you're great one day, but that's a day when you've not really got the most important clients. And then suddenly you drop your energy and you're like, oh, I feel absolutely screwed. You can't get out of bed. Like You've got literally that Monday morning feeling which we could go through exactly why that, we have the Monday morning feeling, which is a good understanding as to why. We're gonna go into that. But you then have that most important client that's gonna get you 10, 20, 30, 40, whatever thousand a month, but you're not gonna show up for that client because you feel absolutely screwed. 
So what if you could have the consistency all the way through? And that's something I aim to deliver and always deliver with my clients. That's something that's really important that a lot of people don't really look at is how consistency plays a huge part. I mean, as we had a conversation before the show started, um, my biggest thing is I kind of like have the whole drop off. But let's go into the whole like sleep, the, the whole Monday morning. Before we morning. go into that, let's totally cut you off. No, we're still good. close to the Roy Jones bit. Yeah, he was know. fighting at multiple in multiple weight classes and successful in those classes. Yeah, extremely. However, how much longer could he have had in the sport? Had like, he actually taken? Had time? he had been in like one or two weight classes? Because he could still have the actual amount of fights, but he weren't putting as much stress on his body yo-yo. Yeah, if he was just in like weight classes which are right next to each other. Yeah, and he keeps like had middle much. And... Yeah, I mean he's had a big career and he's been in movies and everything like that. And he's had a rap album out as well, hasn't he? Two. So, not that I don't really think that much of them to be honest but <laughs> hey can't touch, it can't be touched as a good song that's the only thing I want to say yeah, but the guy is him and Shaq for rap albums <laughs> Shaq on a gold record you know that right yeah Redman actually produced the album that Shaq was on they got a gold record out of it that's that's saying something considering but um, out of it I'd just say what I love about Roy Jones is I think he, he hit the point where it's again it's that constant hunger to be the best yeah and he got to the point where he was just bored beating everyone in his division so he upped and upped and upped and then he lost I mean he was undefeated for so goddamn long that he decided that you know that's one of the hardest things for the athletes to deal with yeah it's lost yeah especially when you've been undefeated that long I mean I'm glad in a way like Vasil Lomachenko I don't know if you know who he is no Vasil Lomachenko it was a amateur boxer with 397 fights 397 wins and one loss as a, and he's a double Olympian gold medalist um, and in his first fight, they the first first pro fight, his promoter demanded he gets a world title fight. They said no. He obliterated his opponent in the first fight. The second fight was against a he's a super featherweight, I think, or super flyweight, or whatever it is. He's like one hundred and twenty seven pounds, or some some ridiculously low weight. Yeah. He goes in there, and this guy makes everyone freaking looking back. He's had like eight or nine fights. He's had one loss because he lost that. Um, that title fight is in the second fight which in my opinion was the best thing for him because now it gets him used to like okay I've lost I know what that feels like I can come back from it so if he loses again no problem but since then he's knocked out practically every goddamn party he's, uh, he's fought and his output is insane he is your favourite fighter's favourite fighter he will stand like half a foot away from you and you won't be able to touch him like you'll throw body headshot combinations he'll just move out of the way and you'll be like did I hit air or did I hit him <laughs> yeah and he'll counterpunch you, and you're like, fuck is going on here? But guys, if you're boxing fans, definitely check him out just for his movement. And again, one of the five ends of his movement. Look yeah. at his movement, the way he trains his brain to move with his body. It's incredible. But like jumping onto the whole idea of that Monday morning feeling, or that Monday feeling, what is it? Well, it starts off, let's start from Monday last week. Yeah. So you start off, you feel crap. So that's, people work nine to five jobs, or they get into a routine. And that routine starts on a Monday. However, yes, you feel shit in the morning. Tuesday comes, you feel a little bit better because you've had a little bit more rest. Wednesday, your routine's pretty cool. It's hump day, as they say. Yeah. And your body is starting to get rid of all like the toxins and crap and everything that it's had before. Thursday is probably the day people feel the best. It's close to the weekend and everything's out of their system. Friday comes and then they have to go out and drink. So they wake up at, say, 6 o'clock, work at 9, leave at 5, go straight to the pub, 
then they'll have a takeaway food that's not necessarily like as I say, I don't want to label a food bad or good, but it's not going to be the best for you. Yeah, not the best option. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to fuel your body and respect your body. Then they're out till like 12, 1 in the morning. Then the next day, the Saturday, they wake up at 9, 10 o'clock rather than 6 o'clock. So essentially, they're kind of jet lagging their body. And yeah. then they end up doing the same thing on a Saturday night. It's their takeaway night or something like that. Sunday, they wake up, Sunday morning ritual, let's have a massive fry up. And uh, not a nice fry up, like a really bad for you fry up, loads of grease and everything. Yeah. But they've woke up at like 10 o'clock. And so then- they're like in the body again. Yeah, exactly. So it's essentially like they're four or five hours out. Sunday, they try and go to sleep early because Monday they've got to wake up early. However, their body's not been used to the food they have over the weekend and whether people believe in intolerances and allergies and things like that, I personally do from being in that area and being a celiac previously, which the doctor said you couldn't actually fix. And they're trying to get these toxins out of their body. It takes from three hours to 72 hours for your body to react usually. And also to get that stuff out. So hence why when you do a food diary and you want to see if someone's intolerant, it's kind of hard to see it unless there's a reaction straight away. So Monday morning they wake up and they're jet lagged full of loads of toxins and crap in their body that their body's going to take one to three days to get out of the body. Right. Hence why Wednesday, Thursday, they feel good. Right. So basically what you're saying is that most people fuck up their system so badly over a weekend that by the time they actually start feeling good, it's like midweek again. Yeah. But they have, they've not really realized that what they do on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday is actually fucking up for the rest of the week. Exactly. So they get what, maybe one, two days, one and a half good, two and a half good days yep. worth of productivity out of instead of like five days of productivity. Exactly. Okay. So would you say like having a consistency diary, like a consistent journal uh, or consistent pattern, so to say, because I get up Monday through Friday, I'm up at 5.30, 5.40 every day. Saturday, Sunday, I sleep at till 8, 9 o'clock in the morning. But again, yeah. I don't party. I just go to sleep late and wake up late. Yeah. So you're just going to have the jet lag. So it's not going to be as harsh. Yeah but it's still gonna be a little bit of an effect. Yeah, because like usually I operate mostly on a five, six hour sleep cycle, which is good for me. Yeah. Um, so Monday like Monday through Friday, I'm up early because I go straight to the gym. Like I get up, don't eat anything, go walk out, I go straight to the gym, I train, I come back home, then I have my breakfast. Yeah. So something like that you'd say is good, but something that, like, would you say that I need to keep a consistency of waking up at the same time on Saturday and Sunday, or would you say that it's best for my body to actually have that little jet lag period? I'm curious Try, to asking her. Trying to keep the consistency up is going to mean you're going to have a lot more energy on the Monday morning anyway. Uh, do you have much caffeine as well? No, I don't drink any coffee. No. Like so you're weirdos. not going to have that unnatural kick. Like you're not going to have someone just kicking your ass because you've had a shot of caffeine in, in on the Monday morning. Some people have so much caffeine that they don't even know they're having it. Yeah, I know I, people that have caffeine before they go to bed. Like, how does that work? I, I know people that have like 11 to 14 cups of coffee a day. Yeah. And and the like, crazy the thing that? is that caffeine's got like a five, six hour half-life. So that means that if you're having 300 milligrams of caffeine, then six hours later, there's 150 left in your system. Also, uh, there was a study, I don't know if there's any other coffee shops, so I assume it is, but Starbucks, someone tested, when I was at uni, they tested it on a Monday to Friday and there was more caffeine on a Monday than there was on a Friday, it's based on how people generally feel. They put more caffeine in their coffee. And uh, it'd be good to see if that's other um, shops Chains as well. Well, it would make sense if you think about it from a testing perspective, meaning that your coffee's weaker on a Friday, so you don't yeah. keep them up for long. 
hence don't fuck up their system so badly. Whereas on the Monday, you know that they're going to need it. And also, they, they link it more with feeling better. Yeah. So they have more caffeine on a Monday. Whereas if they had that amount of caffeine on a Friday when their body didn't need it, maybe they would get more jittery, they would get more shakes and things, get more of a downer afterwards. Who knows? It's crazy, the marketing tactics. Yeah, definitely. But like my whole thing with caffeine is, like, are you a coffee drinker? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I'm not, like, a coffee snob. Like, I've, to be honest, like, most of the time, I love Diet Coke. And that was another thing I used to keep out of my system. But now I'll have it every now and then. Like I've had it here on, on the way here. So what was your take on Diet Coke? Because I know, like, one of my friends, is, she's really kind of a soft drink hater. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, she, she doesn't have soft drinks. But when she has one... She like goes off for like a month before she can get back off again. Yeah. Whereas with me, I I'll have a soft drink once every six to eight months because it's not I, I prefer water. It's just the taste I like. Um. But what's your take on like caffeine, soft drinks, and stuff like that? Caffeine again is good as long as you don't rely on it and yeah. use it and overuse it. The big thing, like a slightly different subject, the big thing in the entrepreneurial world is the nootropics. Yeah. Now, I think if you've got to take a pill to wake up, a pill to concentrate, and a pill to go to sleep. Something's a bit fucked there. Yeah, pretty much. I agree. And again, this is someone that I used to actually make my own nootropics. A lot of people don't know this, but I actually know how to make the, cool. my own compounds. Um, and again, because my brain's really fucked, because you have like uh, bipolar depression, ADD, and dyslexia mixed together. That's a chemical concoction that you don't go near. <laughs> yeah. Especially with something else that's foreign, that just fucks you up even more. So having the concoction that I used to make was really, really good, so we'd have a certain amounts of everything. My argument to that is the people that rely on it three times a day, that's a bit overkill. Yeah. Like once or half a pill a day, that's okay. Now I experimented with Adderall. I don't know if you know what that is. I've heard of it. Adderall's an ADD drug over in the US. Don't oh, get it oh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah, like yeah. the equivalent of Ritalin over here, but I get it from, I, a friend of mine dropped it off for me. It's really, really nice of them. And essentially what it is, it's just speed. Like the drug speed. That's all it is, the legalized version of speed. For people that have our concentration levels, usually entrepreneurials, um, we have very scattered brains, yep. so this just kind of forces your brain to focus. Now the problem is, a lot of people I know, the entrepreneurs and so many business people who do take Adderall, they take it daily. Unlike a nootropic, which cycles through your system and actually impacts it positively, it's like a multivitamin that works. The only yep. problem is if you overdose on it, it fucks you up, hence why if you take it three times a day, it's really bad for you. With something like uh, Adderall, if you do it once every two weeks, when you really need to get shit done, it's good, but if you need yeah. to get shit all the time done, then book all your big shit on one day, take an Adderall, get through yeah, it. Yeah, every and now and then, it's cool. Yeah, but don't fucking overdo it. And don't take speed from the streets, because that shit's stupid. <laughs> if you're going to take something, go see a doctor about Ritalin or some shit like that. But make sure that you know your body well enough, because like I don't, I, I'm not a huge fan of um, medication from like the doctors, because sometimes there's always like fuck-ups in there. Yeah. You don't know what they put in, you don't know what compounds. So Ritalin, Adderall, I'm okay with, but again, it's one of those things you use in an emergency. Realistically, if you're using nootropics, Alpha Brain's a good place to go. Um, I know some people like Cannibal or whatever it's called. I'm not sure of that one. Uh, the one Dan uses, you know, uh, he, he's always on about it. Sure. I know he's getting, he's doing his own nootropics, isn't he? Yeah, he is. It's probably not good to say they're quite bad if like your mates now about to start making them. No, the thing is, they're not <laughs> they're bad. They're good, but... In, if you rely on it, if you use yeah, them. If you, it's like yeah. anything. If you have an addiction or real, uh, if you rely on something, then yeah, it's yeah. abuse because it's crutch. Yeah. Whereas if you're using this as an enhancement, it, it's like protein shakes. Yeah. If you live on nothing but protein shakes, you're fucking abusing You've still got to get your other meat, your yeah. vegetables and everything else in. You're, you're weakening your system and you don't know why. It's the same thing with this. If you're relying on your tropics, you're stopping your brain from producing the natural stuff it needs to move forward. So if you have it as an enhancement, 
to what's already there, it works. Yeah. Don't fucking abuse it. That's what I'm saying. And also, like, that underlying side of things. It's laziness on your own part. Why have you not sorted out why you've not got that concentration all the time? Again, that yo-yo side of things. Caffeine as well. Whilst we're on that subject, if you're a female and you're on a pill, it's known to double the half-life of caffeine. Really? So 12 hours later, 10 hours later, you're going to have like 150 if you've had 300. Wow. Actually, you know what? That's a question for you because we're going to jump in here. Like a lot of my friends actually tell me about this. They're like the pills actually one of the best thing, worst things that someone can take for their hormonal levels because it totally fucks with them. It goes makes your hormones crazy. I know water retention is a bad thing. Now with women, women will look at the scales a lot more. It's getting more prominent in males, but women will look at the scales a lot more. I've known women to put on something like five, six kilos just over their period. And then having the pills are screwing with their water retention as well. Yeah. So having that, knowing that your body needs to be in an optimal state, not just for fat loss, but for focus as well, that's going to screw you over and your body clock's going to go down your circadian rhythm's going to change around and everything is going to go pretty nuts just from having them in the system. Yeah, I mean, something that we're facing right now is a, is a global pandemic, really. And this, that, it's not an epidemic, it's a fucking pandemic is testosterone level in, in males our age is actually half that of our fathers and our parents yep. uh, of like our parents generation like when they were our age their testosterone levels would double like right now i think me and my father had the same level of testosterone as my dad's twice as old as i am and we have the exact same level of testosterone which is not right if yeah. you think about it because when you're like in your mid-20s early 30s your testosterone levels start dropping after the mid-30s and start getting more mature in the 40s. Not only that, but estrogen levels have risen as well. Massively. And I think that's down to the fact that, like, because women obviously need to pee, but they're peeing out the estrogen that's actually through the pill. Yep. That's coming out. That's going into the water because everything's recycled. That's going right directly into our food and sources. And that's actually giving us a higher estrogen level, which is why sometimes you feel a bit more emotional. It's there. I'm not saying emotions that are a bad thing. No. I'm just saying that sometimes you're just like, why was I so irrationally annoyed about this? But as well, again, in the world where we're both mainly in, people get scared to show their emotions, but also scared to ask for help. Yeah. So they get this and then they start trying so many different things rather than asking an ex expert. Like, I don't know about yourself, but I know with me, I mean, I've had a coach for my own nutrition last year. Yeah. Because that gives me accountability yeah i coach hundreds of people and that gives me accountability i could write my own diet do i stick to it yeah i try but then i'm flexible oh, i'll do this and change that next oh, week. oh i know i can just get away with this yeah, right now because i'm the boss there yeah. now also as well i've invested a lot on business side of things yeah and growing that now people will invest in business and i've had this with a lot of triathletes like they'll invest in pedals that weigh 300 grams that, or that are going to make their bike weigh 300 grams less but they won't invest in their body which will make them more streamlined and actually give them so much more power output well it's the whole aspect of like can I get a little bit of an extra bump here naturally or yeah. unnaturally because without like, any extra pain um, so it, yeah it's like one of those things where if you can have like well I'll give you an idea it's like jujitsu do I really want to lose that extra kilo to make weight or do I want to wear a lighter gi that gives me that one kilo difference? For some people, it's like, I'd rather lose that weight. For some people, it's like, I'd rather just wear a lighter gi. Yeah. 
which is kind of stupid in my opinion, but you know, that is how it is and that's the exact same thing, that people are willing to spend more money on things that they can make as an easy fix rather than... I think we're just focusing on that one thing when we look at the other benefits that we've said about dropping that weight with your increased focus. Yeah. It's not just increased focus. What are the actual impacts that it's going to have on your money, on your relationships with your wife, your children, the marriage, your marriage, and what actually is it going to help with yourself? Like mm-hmm. going up them stairs and you're sweating and you've got sweat patches under your arms and big sweat on patch back. on your back and you're out of breath and you're like, yeah, I just feel so unconfident now. Yeah, what well, does it go? have? Yeah, and how does it feel when? Because um, let's be honest, here, for some people, I'm not into a body shaming by any sense. Because I've, you know, I used to be a tubby kid. I know same this. Here, same here. So we both know what it's like to be the tubby kid, but we also know what it's like to be an athlete. I mean, right now I'm not in my greatest shape, as you can clearly fucking see. But when I was what up until I was about 19 years old, I was fucking skinny as all bones. I was like 60, 61 kilos, maybe 63 kilos, but muscular as fuck. But I can tell you right now, back then, if I took my top off in the middle of a store to get dressed, I wouldn't give two shits. Today, I'd think about it twice. Because right then, I've got all the thoughts, oh, everyone's looking at me, I'm, you know, people are judging me. Back then, I was like, no one fucking cares. It's just like skinny you taking the top off, it's fine. But that level of confidence that rises from being in shape is so much more different. Like for people that, um, the, the equivalent I give it to is, it's like wearing a suit for the first time. For some reason, if you wear like a really well-fitted yeah, suit, great. yeah, it's like your posture raises, you like your whole body, everything just changes. You're like, fuck yeah, I'm the man or woman in this case. If you want to be, it's, it's completely up to you. But that happens, and that's basically down to like training. So kind of because a lot of people listen to this are business people. My question really here is when people start working on the ideas of how they can actually get more out of their business and how they can increase their focus. Is it just weight loss or is it like purposeful weight loss is what I'm saying like they're doing this on point they know exactly what they're getting so if they weigh I don't know if they got a 20% body fat right now and they want to get down to like an 18 are they going to see an increase in focus in my opinion I say yes what do you say they definitely will right it's not just going to be a number on the scales it'll be a number in their bank account as the long term as well it's not going to be going up and down it's like the weight goes down their bank account goes up and okay, it's not just one thing changes another. There has to be the focus and concentration elsewhere, but this gives you the concentration. It and seems, the energy. And the energy to do it. And the energy to sleep as well. Yeah. <laughs> because at the moment, people don't have enough energy to sleep because yeah. they're popping so much that like, their brain is so wired as they're going to bed, they don't have the right energy to sleep. And they don't have enough, well, they have too much cortisol in the evening and we need the cortisol, which people always label really? as a bad thing. We need it in the morning. What's it for? I'm, I'm curious because like, a lot of people say it's cortisol. a stress hormone. Yes, yeah, a stress hormone, and it wakes us up. Really? Now a lot of people have their circadian rhythm, so basically the, the normal rhythm of our body is screwed up. We have the serotonin, like the relaxation side of things. Like basically, um, as we wake up, the cortisol needs to be high, and as we go along the day, that gets lower as we wake up serotonin low and as we go along the day that gets high and they cross over in the middle of the day okay and a lot of people that's screwed up the other way around huh. or they just have you can have tests for like low cortisol some extremely low cortisol and you're not going to be healthy you need to have everything at optimal levels right. so you need to have things you need to have some level of stress in your life yeah because that causes that also causes drive that's basically what keeps us awake and keeps us alive yeah like people like mislabel stress as a bad thing sometimes stress is a good thing in the way that 
it keeps your brain focused and sharp. Exactly, exactly. It's too much stress. That's just like too much relaxation is going to give you issues as well. Yeah. But people seem in this world we live in, they seem to care more about what other people think than what they care about themselves. Yeah, I've noticed that. Like, I used to be one of those guys. I know. Yeah, same here. Yeah. And even in the general population, going away from entrepreneurs, and like some entrepreneurs will do it as well, I've got a holiday to come up with. And they want to diet so hard for their holiday every year, rather than just staying in shape. They go for this yo-yo diet. They diet so hard, 12, 14, 16 weeks, to go to a beach where nobody knows who they are or what they're doing, where it's their choice to take photos and put them on Facebook where they can get judged which two, three days later after they've had their food, they then don't look nothing like what they started at. Basically, they start piling on the weight that they want when they crave. Exactly. Like, I've got they go here all the time. Yeah. It's and not a smart move. No, I, I used to be like that when I was in ridiculous shape, but I wasn't in bodybuilding show shape. So I still had abs. I still had veins on my abs, but to me, I was fat. I wasn't. This is like five years ago, but I would be worried what people fought around the pool when I was in off-season shape and I would get people... Uh, and this is, is pretty good looking and then I've got to say that she's probably going to hear it but <laughs> actually she so, won't listen to it she, she won't listen to anything that I do she's like yeah alright whatever as long as, as long as it makes you happy cool I'll probably send her this and be like Laura yeah. listen to this like this long just listen he pays you a compliment she'll pick, up every, she'll pick up every issue that, that she'll probably pick up grammar that you've done grammar that I've done <laughs> But if you pick up something, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I can get in trouble if I carry on. I forgot what I was going on about now. Oh, basically, oh, yeah. so the pools. They, yeah. they would come up to me and be like, oh, muscles, muscles. I'm like, all right, fair enough. But I didn't think I was in decent shape. They're only trying to sell you massages or something, or whatever it was they sell at the resorts. But yeah, it's weird how people will give more of a shit about what other people think rather than respecting themselves. Yeah, yeah, it's a big one. Um... I think that's one of the reasons I kind of got out of shape as well. I mean, subconsciously speaking. Because my whole thing was, uh, my old man at my age was like stupidly ripped. Like, think um, Stallone and Rocky Four, The Rocky Three, Rocky Four, Like, yeah. lean, muscular motherfucker. The better ones, yeah. Yeah. Like, really ripped as fuck. That was my dad. My dad actually looked wow. like Stallone as well. That was the messed up part in the 80s, right? There's actual photo evidence of this. Jokingly, if someone goes through my Facebook right now, You'll find a photo of me in glasses, a black t-shirt, and a bead necklace, and I fucking look like Stallone and Cobra. Like, that's that was the resemblance at the time. What My friends found it and just decided to make fun of it, so it was fun. But what I'm getting at right now is that I actually went from being really well in shape, trying to, like, kind of, okay, cool, I've got to be good, i got to be good. But my dad was in great shape in his mid-20s. I'm in my mid-20s, and subconsciously, I've kind of gone away from that because I'm like, what if my dad thinks of this of me? What if other people think this of me? I want to be happy fuck it I don't want to do it anymore but now the longer I've been here the more I've realised it's fucking miserable being out of shape yeah because you know I can't do the things I used to do that, that's just the way it is and people get scared of what it's going to be like when they get back in shape yeah and they have to like make sure that they feel thank you for the shout out yeah. how they feel after they uh, work out because a lot of people kind of want it so what's it called can I maintain that's like a big fear I mean it's one of my big fears as well yep. so how did you overcome that that's like a curious thing because we spoke about that but we didn't really get to how you overcame it I had to because of being in the bodybuilding world like okay went from like lost about five six stone when I jumped on the first bodybuilding stage which was a massive journey in itself then I done five shows no seven shows I done but then after each show was going up and down and then I got out of shape and the worst part, worst shape I'd been in, which is quite bad, 
but I'm always honest about these things, is when I got married, which is when my business was as the best it's ever been because I wasn't taking my own advice. And I looked at my pictures and was like, fuck me, you've got a football face. And we are allowed to swear, aren't we? Oh, fuck it. We're, 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 we're I've, a lot swore, I've sworn a shit ton on this program. Right? Yeah. You swear? Yeah, of yeah. course can. I had that on mine. As Mike is tell on my show, and it's like, can't swear, I was like, we'd be fucked if we weren't. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'd got out of shape, and I'm like, yeah, I need to do something about it now. And I lost like 20 kilos in 12 weeks. And I stayed at that. And then I knew that the body was leveling out around sort of 102, 103 kilos. And then I maintained that and it was easy to maintain. And okay, the last few weeks I've kicked it a little bit to drop a little bit lower. And now I'm like 97 kilos. And I know that my aim is gonna be, and by the time I go back in September to America, it will be between 88 and 91 kilos. And that's a belief, I don't believe in saying, I wanna be 90 kilos our subconscious gets it and then we get to 90 kilos and the body's like cool we're here we'll go back again yeah so having a figure to have it so staying there once like the subconscious side of things knowing that we got there without being ridiculously strict so having flexibility not a flexible diet or if it fits your macros or anything like that but having a bit of flexibility was crucial in me knowing that i was there okay because yeah. being able to a big thing that i do with my wife is we have like this meal planner magnet where we can write our meals in for the week so planning meals with us so cooking things like chili bolognese curries things that haven't really got that many calories in if you're just using spices yeah. and being able to have them and share meal times with her that then meant that it didn't get to the point of finishing when i got to that weight to then start doing that stuff actually i have a question for you on that Go so like it. when someone says that like you're making curries and stuff like that a lot of curries that you get from takeouts really unhealthy yeah but like i make my own at home so i don't know what the unhealthiness is because like the way i actually make mine say i was making a chicken curry so it's dead easy it's a little bit of olive oil in the pan enough to fry the chicken to make sure that you know the chicken's good and well and cooked yep and then adding in some tomato puree you know just normal tomato puree uh, turmeric, chili powder, other spices that you do, a little bit of water, mix it up. Exactly. It. It's not really so, that many calories. Yeah, I'd say that's quite a healthy thing to have because, like, the way, even though I live, quote unquote, a lot of my friends are like, you're really unhealthy, you eat a lot of sugar. A lot of my meals I eat at home are like used to be either rice, brown or white rice, really. For me, it's brown rice most of the time. Uh, broccoli and meat, like fish, chicken, yeah. poultry, something like that, you know, keep going. So, my question really was, like, what would you constitute as an unhealthy, overcaloric? takeout or something like that what would be something like what do they put in their foods that is so unhealthy compared to the two if you made it at home the big thing that jumps out a lot and whether they still do it is like the MSG being in there and things that are going to be highly processed going in there they add a lot they add extra sugar yeah a lot more salt but bearing in mind that yourself I would still class you as an athlete you do training five times a week yeah. myself I'd still class as an athlete we can add more salt to our diet and be okay yeah, because we we're sweating a lot. Yeah. Exactly. Now, the average person that doesn't really train lives a sedentary lifestyle, they add a lot more salt that can have issues with it. Now, when people then have the rice, there's more stuff added to the rice. Yeah. And it may only be that they've added oils or things to it, but it's the sheer amount of it that's got absorbed and gone in there. Yeah. Which, that's where the calories, the rice goes from being 250 calories to like 750 calories. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, okay, then it gets a lot. So it's not just the added food, it's the added food adding extra calories to it. 
Yeah, so it's basically the seasonings that you put on very, very much so. It depends yeah. what it is. Now, my question here really is like some seasonings, like for instance, my, my bad basic seasoning is cracked black pepper, salt as in sea salt or Himalayan salt, yep. um, chili powder as in like ground chili powder and lemon juice. Yep. That's like my base for everything that I use. So would you say that's quite high in caloric take or is that quite low in caloric take? No, I wouldn't even, it's going to have calories in there, but yep. I wouldn't even count the calories for it. When I give a client a plan, like if they've got a meat option at lunch, it might be that they've got chicken, turkey, white fish, tuna, extra lean beef, that sort of thing. And they can make, they can add spices to them. I won't count the green veg. People can look to overeat on broccoli, but I'd give them a medal if they manage to. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, wow, if you manage to do that, it's crazy. They're going to be stuffed so much before they overeat on it. The things that they're going to look to overeat on are going to be the highly processed things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it gets pretty nuts when um, people say about all the curries and everything, but if you make things yourself, and it doesn't have to take long, yeah, to no. chuck those spices in, you can make five, six meals at a time, which to anyone in the fitness industry, it seems like I'm just teaching people to suck eggs, but it's not hard to do. And what I've even done for clients is that when they go to, like entrepreneurs go to events, like yeah. I just mentioned that I've got the Brendan Bouchard event. It's like a four-day event or three-day event. There's a chance to go off the rails. Massively, because everyone's going to be drinking. Everyone's things. drinking, yeah. Now, when you go and drink, like having like vodka and stuff is going to be a lot lower calories. I'm not saying go out and get wasted, because there's still seven um, calories per gram of alcohol, which your body can't then deal with straight away. We'll get to that in a bit. But people fall off. And I've actually had people where I've gone there and said that, Here's a meal prep company. I've ordered their food. You've got to give them the money for it. It's going to get delivered to you. Eat this meal here, this meal there, that meal there. Or like I'm doing in September, going over and staying with my client. We're going to the event. I'm going to be there with him. Yeah, it's great benefit for me as well because I'll be at the event. Yeah, I mean, but actually good. making sure I'm there and my priority is him. Well, yeah, basically it's like five grand that you're charging for the week, which is more yeah. than enough really if you think about exactly. it. Exactly. Because like, you're spending time with them, you're flying out to their area. I mean, I know the prices vary differently because it's the UK, but like in the yep. US it's $5,000 for you to do so, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a big thing. Um, but yeah, having someone live in with you, even for a day, is massively different. I mean, I've, I've got you here for the entire day that we're doing the show. Not so much to work on my stuff, but I know we're gonna get into that anyway at yeah. some point. But it's incredible. Like whenever I go to clients and spend a full day consulting with them, it's different to like me spending time on Skype with them. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I stayed, um, I'll say his name would be cool with Ron Reich, and he's a very good client of mine. Really good dude, and such a nice guy. And we were just mentioning that he's exactly the same as he is in real life as he is on Facebook. Yeah, and I we're massive believers in that because there's no point in lying and being someone you're not because you're not going to be able to keep it up, especially over a week. And he just said, like, I'm here with you every single day and a question gets answered instantly. So it, it's a very good thing to have. And you, he said you couldn't put a price on actually being there. Oh, yeah, no, there's a huge difference between that. I mean, the results that you give to someone being there is completely different than you over, over Facebook and Skype because I can sit and go, I'm the most productive person ever, blah, blah, blah. No, I got this done. In reality, I probably, like, got all the work done the night before, five minutes before, because I thought I could. Yep. Whereas if you're sat here with me watching do the fucking work, you're like, holy shit, no, he's doing it. Yeah. There's a you huge have to difference. Do it. There's yeah. that time frame thing, like, 
your work expands to meet the deadline, doesn't it? Yeah. Why well, so and many people wait till the night before as well. Yeah, and it's usually when you have a deadline and just shit with... It's, it's where cortisol comes in because like your stress levels go up and you have to do it because yeah. it's like a fight or flight. And that doesn't work for your health. No, it doesn't. Like, because especially like when you try and batter yourself for like two weeks before a big deadline where you need to drop some weight, you've got a big speaking gig and you don't want to be having that sweat patch on your, on your uh, suit of getting your Lee Evans on and like literally leaving a drench on there. Yeah, Lee Evans though, he was like very active as a comedian, that's why he did it. But like what I'm saying is that like I had that with my last competition. Yeah. I actually started cutting weight a couple of days before because there was only a kilo to lose. But I, I like the night before, I think I I stole my friend's Fitbit so I can monitor my heart rate because I, I realized that if I like my heart rate is between um what's it called? A hundred and hundred and fifteen to hundred and twenty-seven was like my optimal fat burning place I could be at. I remember walking around as hot as it is today. I was wearing jeans. I had sandals on for some stupid ass reason because I knew my feet would burn a little bit more for that rather than wearing trainers. Uh, a t-shirt, the hoodie that I was in earlier, a thick vest hoodie, and like a really heavy bag on my back. And I walked around for about four or five miles around London, keeping my heart rate up the entire time trying to sweat all this stuff out. Day of the event I get there, I'm a hundred grams overweight. The guy next to me, bless him, was like, just go take your underwear off. I was always like, just go take your underwear off, come back in, weigh in. Fucking shat myself as I made that weight. But when I got on the mats, after I got off, I felt shattered. Yeah. The reason is because I put my body so, yeah, I put my body through so much depletion they didn't give me enough time to like actually recover. And what's good to note there, like you obviously know it and for the listeners that that wasn't fat. There might have been like one gram of fat or something, but uh, it wasn't fat you lost. It was dehydration, which was water weight. Yeah, water weight is a big thing because if I remember correctly, you can actually, I think George St. Pierre did this quite often when he was fighting, was the week off, he'd start cutting down how much water he'd have, so he'd dehydrate the body on weigh-in day. Yeah. And then hyperhydrate and get his muscle and weight back. But the thing is, that's, the, I know for a fact MMA's now actually banned the whole IV thing. Like you can't actually have IVs to uh, get your water weight back up because they can actually overhydrate people, and that's good for masking agents as well. Yeah, very good, especially for flushing out things to start. And you can use like uh, diuretics and stuff like that to basically piss out all the extra weight as well. Yeah. That's another way of doing so it. Then it messes with their oxygen levels and everything in their blood. So crazy the science. Yeah, yeah, everything nice. that goes on. I mean, like I'd say the best optimal thing is just get to a weight and fucking live there or close to the weight that you need to be at. Yeah. So if you're walking, say for instance, if you're an athlete and you need to weigh optimally 180 pounds or 150 pounds or whatever it is, get down to like two or three pounds just above or just below and that way you can enjoy the time to get there. Yeah. Because like you can drop two or three pounds a couple of hours with less of basically what, a big shit and you're done. Yeah, exactly. Take well, a big shit, you're done. Yeah, exactly. As long as you can still do it when you've got enough fluid in your system. Yeah, don't, don't Dehydrate fucking... it and blow it. Oh man, that'd be the worst. Worst someone combination. Taking, someone taking a fucking laxative is about the dumbest thing you can do. Oh yeah, but also like the non-athlete guys here. Yes, I would class every entrepreneur that wants to be high performing. They can be an athlete, and they can be treated the same as an athlete. Yeah. However, it's good to look at pictures if you've got a certain look, and not just the scales. Yeah. Like yes, we know we fight, fight, and you need to get down to a weight. You can look shit at that weight, but that weight is where you decide to actually fight at. But it's also how you feel. Yeah. And then with, with entrepreneurs, if you can feel better, look better, but your weight doesn't really change, then that means you're going to be putting on muscle and you're just going to be looking ridiculously jacked. 
Exactly. I mean, it's like um, when I was like looking at cutting weight first time for a while ago, a guy actually said to me, he goes, well, well, you want to get to, so if we do it in pounds, like I'm walking around 175 right now. Yep. So he was like, so you, 175, 177, he goes, you want to cut down to 147. Like to give you guys an idea, I'm six foot tall, not a small guy. No. So six foot tall, 147 pounds, that's kind of very thin for a lot of people. But he goes, but what if you were like 155 pounds, but you're muscled out as fuck? I was like, I wouldn't bother. I wouldn't mind. I don't have to cut weight to 147 because my contract doesn't say so. Yeah. I can fight or whatever weight class I walk around at. It's just that I know I feel best at this weight. It is about finding out what feels best and being honest with yourself because that is going to get to that point. Now, I will set goals with clients and I will dive into why they want them goals. And if it is to please someone else, they're not going to feel fulfilled when they get to that weight. Nah. But it's knowing that when you get to that weight, you can become even healthier at that weight and yeah. build and build and build. So you then set your goal at that weight and then your next goal is to, maybe you'll get an event. Ron's a perfect example. I keep going back to him just because he's the freshest example of the person I've stayed with. He's got half marathon goals. Then we've got Navy SEAL tests. Like he just Which wants to get, like, he's not going to go Buzz, in this. Buzz, that's one. Yeah. Um, he's not going to actually go, obviously, into it, but he wants to do the tests. Yeah. So we're cause... looking at mile and a half in nine minutes. Like, literally just being a machine. Yeah. Just like he is with his work, and he's ridiculously successful with what he does for work, he's yeah. now got these other goals. Um, so it is about goals are going to be the cru- most crucial thing here. Find out why you want them and believing you can get them, but also finding out what you're going to do when you get there. Yeah. As you've mentioned about like what what is going to happen. All right, let's jump into the whole having a goal thing because that's actually a big thing that a lot of people tend to have. They like seem to overstretch it on sound correctly. I mean, I'm guilty of it because you said it as well. So I'm changing my goal from 67 to like 66 to 70 kilos. I'm yep. giving myself a four kilo weight difference there. Exactly. But like, what would you say would be the best way to set weight goals for high productivity? And I've been First thing, it's looking at. It's quite open as a question. It's looking at the actual body composition you're at. Right. Looking at how much you can train. Because there's no point setting, if you've not trained at all and you set yourself to train five days a week, you're just setting yourself up for failure if you already live a busy life. Yeah, because your body's not going to be able to yeah. keep up with the recovery. And I've had workouts, I've got someone to have a kettlebell at home and they've just done 10, 15 minute workouts. And that's been fine for the first three, four weeks. And then we've built up from there that during the day they're going to go for a 15 minute power walk. Just building things into people's day. So setting your goals to know that we're going to build and develop on them. Who is the goal for? If it's to impress an ex-girlfriend, then they probably couldn't give a shit. Well, I'm going to jump in here and just like jump on that and just say that's not a good move to actually have that as that goal, but having that as negative motivation works. Yeah. Like having it's like, well, fuck that person, whoever they are, you know, ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, ex-partner, whatever it is. Fuck them. I'm going to look amazing. But how long does that last for? Exactly. But usually for me, I did this in my business for two years, um, you know, because they said I was going to suck. I was like, well, fuck you and yeah. all this. And, you know, it, it drove me from like not I've quitting. had that as well. My first bodybuilding show, 12 weeks out, I said to my manager at the gym, do you think I can get to a bodybuilding stage in 12 weeks? He said, no. And I said, all right, I'm doing it. Exactly. It's that whole one to prove. The thing is, you were doing it for you, though. You wanted to be there for you, yeah. not to prove that. To prove them was just an added bonus of drive. So what I'm trying to get at is when you set your goals, set the goals for you. But if you have a motivation that's like to yeah. look better, like you know, to piss someone off, yeah, yeah, have that as a motivation. But don't do it as in 
I'm doing it for Your them. primary goal. Yeah. yeah I would say like that's a, motivation and that's not a goal. Yeah, that's yeah. more motivation. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's a motivation It's a slight factor. difference, isn't it? Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Is set that as a motivation rather than as a goal and you should be okay. Yeah. There's another thing that I dive into just being a wrestling fan. My Triple H method. Oh, so shit. How long, how come, and how much? So how long have you got? Well, how much do you need to lose? And how come you want to lose it? How the fuck do I not know you're a wrestling fan? Uh, like John Cena The Rock obviously The Rock for me it's the big, it was the attitude, attitude, era. attitude era was the yeah. shit the Hardy Boys please get the fuck out of the building that was like the best thing in the world they came back this year yeah I do that, I watch that video Wrestlemania I watch every year <laughs> you got to I mean yeah. I still watch the highlights every year I've not watched wrestling for so goddamn long I yeah. don't even know how, who half the wrestlers are no I've, then, I've got it on series link and um, yeah. yeah The yes, Rock was actually in Norwich a couple of weeks they're shooting a video for there's a girl, you know, Paige? Yeah. So she's from Norwich and her wrestling yeah. family um, actually worked with her sister-in-law of her nutrition for a boxing show. Nice. Um, but, yeah, no one knew where he was, but he was apparently over and filming. Like, Norwich is quite famous. Like You know the Avengers? Um, they're building? Yeah. That's at the University of East Anglia. That's like where I walk my dog. Seriously, no way. Yeah. No way. That's fucking crazy. But yeah, so... It's a good the location, though. Yeah, it's quite cool. The rest of it isn't really that great, but that little bit is. So you got your Triple H method. We'll come back to yeah. wrestling after the show, but like what I'm getting at is that like, um, so you got your Triple H method. How come? How long? How much? And how much? And they all need to tie into each other. Yeah, because you can't really have one that's completely off, otherwise you're fucking yourself Exactly. Over. If you've only got six weeks to lose 40 pounds, that's not going to work. No. And they all need to tie into each other. Exactly. Like, if, yeah. How many weeks have I got? Like, how many weeks till the end of the year? So uh, well, we're, we'll say January, we'll, 10, we'll go from August. Probably about 20. August, September, October, November, December, five by four. Yeah, 20 weeks, give or take 20 weeks. So my goal is 20 weeks, 30 pounds, give or take. Yeah, so just over a pound a week. Yeah, not if too you, If you lost two pounds for 10 weeks and then lost a pound a week, you could still lose, or you could still have a couple of weeks where you didn't do anything. Yeah, exactly. Sedentary life. You could continues. still go out for fireworks. And oh, man, damn. I yeah. think I'm going to go down to Plymouth this year just for the fireworks show again in August. It's good there. Oh man, they, that's where they judge the New Year's fireworks and the Halloween fireworks. Is that where they have the competitions in? Yeah, they have the competition right there. Whoever gets a uh, winner gets to do the Christmas show in London and whoever oh, runs nice. up does the Halloween show. Did you watch Freddie Flintoff when he like took his fish and chip van around the country? There was two series on Sky. No, I didn't see that. I saw him but like he went, I'm pretty sure that was Plymouth. He, he, he went the there and though. he was part, one of the judges. Yeah, he'd done a boxing fight. He, he was a pro boxer for a fight. Yeah. Thing is, though, he had a really good thing. Now, just a quick side note. I'm going to go off on for a second about people that cook steak wrong. Oh, yeah. Don't fucking overdo it, you assholes. I don't care if you want it over well done. Medium rare, medium. Medium rare, yeah. Medium rare is perfect. Medium is just okay. We'll give it to you. But also, spices, please, for the love of Jesus, it's a piece of meat. Not just salt and pepper, add some other seasonings to it to make it delicious. I'm going to piss you off here. You're a salt and pepper boy. No, I'm a ketchup guy. I love ketchup. Oh, that's right then. I have ketchup I literally, steak all the time. At, at my wedding, I brought ketchup there. I didn't have any, like, but I made sure it was what, a bottle of ketchup for every Who the fuck doesn't have ketchup? Like, it was it, like... That yeah, freaks me out. It, we had it ketchup was with rice. Place and, and it was some really nice food that we'd had it all made and now I'm having ketchup with it you can't have ketchup with that my fucking word and yours I can wait question do you have like ketchup with rice depends what I'm having with it I won't like if I'm having chilli or anything yeah I mean that's weird if I've got chicken like just a, a chicken breast then I'll have some ketchup 
with the chicken breast and then might have some rice for it, right? Yeah, see, for me, I usually make a sauce for the rice. Like, it's really easy. So, like, say I'm making steaks, you have, like, after I marinate with lemon and shit, like, there's a lot of, like, juices left. Yeah. And because, like... We uh, need to get steak for lunch somewhere. Oh, I can go and make one. And I'll just defrost <laughs> one in a minute and we'll fucking make one. But, um, all this talk about steak and getting them hungry. Yeah. And I'm just going to power them. You're like, here we <laughs> steak. All right, fine. Fuck up. But no, um, so what I usually do is when I make rice, I just like use that extra juice, like the sauce that falls, like the, what's it called? Yeah, it's the sauce really. Kind of just yeah. falls off, the juices fall off. Um, and just like pour that on top of like the hot rice that heats it. And again, because it's red meat and fish, you don't really have to worry about anything happening to you. You're pretty good. Some yeah. chicken you gotta be careful about. So that's all cooked off and then have it with the steak and all the juices like, you know how to tell you rest the steak? I rest yeah. my steak on top of the fucking rice. I'm like. Hey, it's gonna taste delicious. Have it this way. Have ketchup on the side like a man. You know what's up. Yeah. Or hot sauce. People get really mad at me for having hot sauce over them. Pringles and hot sauce is the weirdest one. I had an issue with with spices, and I used to love spicy food, and then it suddenly just affected my asthma previously. I don't know what it was. It just suddenly started, and it's, it's all gone now. But all that stuff starts from the gut. Yeah, pretty much it does. I mean, um, one of my friends, Sam Barefoot, who I'm going to get on the show, she's a digestion detective, was her thing for a while. Yeah. She helped people really understand how to get their gut sorted. Like, I have ulcerative colitis, so I'm sensitive. You have. I have. Yeah. So I've got, like, really sensitivities to certain foods. I don't take the medication because it's never flare, it never flares up unless I have the foods that I know will fuck me over. Yeah. Surprisingly, those foods are actually stuff like onions because of the sulfuric acid. And the thing that people have is that they know these foods are going to fuck them over and still have them. Yeah, weird. How, how do you, much disrespect do you have to give to yourself to still yeah. have it? If you do it accidentally, it's yeah. different. Well, for me, I like have, um, it, weirdly, the ones that trigger me are mostly vegetables because I looked yeah. at my DNA makeup and how it comes up from where I'm from, genetically speaking, meats, certain vegetables, and fruits are like where I get most of my energy. If I have something like um, cabbage, like raw cabbage, yeah. that'll fuck me up if I have does with a lot of people if I have blended cabbage with like my drinks and kale and stuff I'm fine onions can't stand them what do you like with spring onions can't do any of them it's oh, the okay. it's the sulfur content because there's sulfur in there my, my taste buds pick it up and make me throw up ah oh, your taste buds yeah yeah it's massively fucked up so peas love them but I don't eat them often because they mess with your gut same with sweet yeah. corn but for me it's stuff like broccoli fucking love broccoli cauliflower carrots cucumbers shit like that love them yeah but did you, you ever like look to low FODMAPs or anything like that? What's that? So FODMAPs is fibro, oligo, dye, mono, and polysaccharides. Yeah, he's just fucking blowing my mind, guys. Yeah, I just wanted to get that in. Um, it's like types of sugars that people kind of react to, and the types of carbohydrates people sometimes react to, and you can get low FODMAPs, and then there'll be things that are higher in FODMAPs. And it's a whole diet built around it. But a lot of times when people have gut issues, then they will have to go low FODMAPs for a while. And I've done that with people, had to go a little bit lower on FODMAPs, and then you bring things back into it. Yeah, slowly, you are reintroducing exactly. the system. Exactly, like even with myself, where I went to the doctors, I had some real bad issues, and I was going through depression about four or five years ago, after, well, about four years ago and I was still working a corporate job there doing all my nutrition on the side because when you start in this industry you can't actually make money right away exactly um, and as a personal trainer I was making 12 and a half grand a year working 60 hour weeks which is not really going to fly Shit so money man yeah so I was working in the corporate world and lost a second management role due to offshoring and budget cuts 
I went into depression and I became a celiac that time because of the stress, the extra stress of that. Anxiety, depression, panic attacks and all this stuff. It triggered what people said gluten intolerant, but it was actually full celiac. And at my wedding last year, just beforehand, I had the test done again. They're like, you're not a celiac anymore. That doesn't make sense. The NHS said you can't repair yourself. But I'm a believer that any cell in the human body can be repaired with the right mindset and we, nutrition we repair our bodies fucking yearly I mean every year you're given a new body your stomach lining repairs itself every yep. couple of days because it has to yeah. to the stomach so that's down to mental if it didn't repair himself like how would you how would you stop having a reaction after 3 to 72 hours yeah it's really strange like um, the thing I actually have with that kind of stuff uh, the way that you explain it right now the best way I can put that in words is you've seen the movie Deadpool right yeah you know the bit where he goes we're going to put you under a lot of stress to see what we can get to actually happen it's very similar when your body's put under intense stress those underlying things that keep in check anyway yeah. flare up because they have to in a way to protect you. It's kind of like, a, it's the lifeguard syndrome, really. Like, the lifeboat flares up to keep you alive, in that flares up to keep you alive for mine. Mine was stress-related. If I get too stressed out, my stomach starts playing up. Yep. I know for a fact, dude, you're fucking crazy. Take some time off, chill out, tell your clients they'll understand. And if I don't, fucking fine. Plain and simple. Yeah. That's the joys of having your own business. If a client isn't going to follow what you do, why are they your client? Exactly. They're not ideal for you. Now, I have a question for you here, really, because we're heading up to the end of the show. Um, so you can't, you touched upon depression. That's actually really interesting because, especially for fitness, you don't really hear... A lot of fitness guys do get depressed, but they don't really talk about it. Yeah. I'm glad that you did. So when you had your ass completely handed to you and your life was, like, lower than you've ever been, what did you do to get back up? Like, what was the thing that brought you back up to your confidence? Because you seem like a really confident guy, and I can say that. Quite it was often. investing in myself. Right, a lot of meditation, hypnotherapy, doing self development work. Yeah, uh, reading books, so many different books. What would you say would be like favorite three? It's always hard to actually give this one to yeah. someone. Yeah, but I'm just curious what your top three would be. My first one isn't really a business book. It Does was a film as well. But that was Peaceful Warrior. Good book. Yeah, great book. Yeah, have you seen the film? Love it. Yeah, got it. It's one of my favorite films ever. Such a good film. I think you said that you, if there was a movie that you could watch over and over again for the rest of your life, that'd be it. Yeah, and then Turtles, I think, and Fast and Furious. Ninja Turtles or Scott Ask? Probably like when you meant Turtles, do you mean Ninja Turtles? As in the first original from the nineties? Yeah. I do like the new ones. I don't like what they've done with like the cartoon ones. No, I hate that they've actually changed the names. Have they? Yeah. What, in the cartoon? In all of them. Except that, no, actually, in the cartoons, yeah, because they, they shortened them because, like, the reason they were named what they were was because of the artists yeah. they were named after. Now it's like Leonardo's Leo, Donatello's Donny. What are children going to learn from? Raphael is Raffi. I'm like, and Michelangelo, Michelangelo's Mikey. Like, do you not know they're named after artists to help kids to fucking remember who, who these artists are? Well, they go through it in the first of the new films. Yeah. And they go through April O'Neil filming like her dad sing so and then yeah he's kind of um is it megan fox no yeah yeah megan fox is yeah this one. when she puts that like goes to that school girl like skirt Dude, don't, don't, don't we're not gonna yeah. Yeah, don't share this with laura <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna listen to the show anyway yeah she no seriously she's she won't. Gonna grammatically like correct me you can't say fuck in the middle of a sentence <laughs> just did <laughs> but sorry laura but anyway um, i don't know what the other two books would be Okay, so you don't want the other two. Right, um, do you mind if I throw in my two? Like, Go my for three? It. Uh, first one's 48 Laws of Power. 
Oh, that's a good one. You really read good 50 book. Floor. I've read all of them. They're Obviously all read that. that Dude, she got the entire fucking collection. Oh, sweet. Uh, Robert Greene's books are my favorite books to read just simply because they're so, so impactful if you use them the right way. 48 Laws of Power, more or less, just to understand yourself more than anything. Uh, I'm going to get so much judgment because of like some of the books on my, on my shelf, but we'll have a conversation about that later. <laughs> um, I guess my other two books, I'd probably go with Tools of the Titans by Tim Ferriss because it's a really good reference manual. Our friend yeah. Paul... Uh, Levesque is in there, you know, Triple H, he's in there as, yep. a, as a person. And probably The Seven Forces of Success by Joe Sugarman, probably one of the best books. Actually, get that book if you can, or listen to the podcast that we were jokes. That was brilliant, but Success Forces is the, it is the original title. I'm really grateful I actually have that here. It was only 100,000 copies were sold, oh, and nice. David Ogilvy, like, leading ad man of, like, the century, freaking owned a copy of that book and, like, read it all the time. So when I had Joe on, he had this whole conversation. But that's my first question. Like, so you invested in yourself as a big way. Yeah. I think those books, actually, two that I've read recently, and actually had the. Um, have you seen the Kindness Diaries? I've not seen it. But I've been told yeah. about it. Leon Legafetus, and he had nobody across America. Wait, was it you that actually told me about this? Like on yeah. the last time we spoke, I Man, think so. It? Yeah, yeah, because you went across America. So his two books, it. Live, Love, and Explore. Yeah. So he went across America first off on five dollars a day, based on the kindness of others moved to LA and then went around the world based on just the kindness of others had his little motorbike and sidecar kindness one he'll be good to chat to you and he'll he'll, he'll do a show with you easy oh, like, fuck yeah. I'd love I mean, that he, he went uh, I dropped him a message on Twitter and he said yeah just text me when you're there and we had, he's a Liverpool fan and he was like yeah you've had a crap season you've only won the Europa League and yeah we had a bit of banter with that and then actually met up in Santa Monica and he wouldn't let me pay for lunch he's like literally this is mine uh, yeah and he's he bought a London cab and gave free journeys for everyone to get from New York to LA again literally or he didn't give free journeys he would have their meter reading then he would pay that money to charity wow so he is such a nice guy but I those books I'd are really love, good I'd love to have him on the show like if you can make that happen that'd be awesome yeah definitely, definitely. Um, one of the shit there was something you actually said that was not kindness diaries It'll come to me. It was it was something very very similar to that. Like, I just wanted to share with you, but I just you can't. told me the the one. I know it might have been somewhere else. What was that? There was something like kindness diaries. I can't remember what it was now. Yeah, same. I just yeah. It's fucking drawing a blank. We'll find out. Yeah. All right. So my next question, my favorite question of the show, was always if you had to give three pieces of advice to anyone really, because this show is mostly for entrepreneurs and business people, or just people are having fun. Like, if you could give three pieces of advice to those people about how they can start getting their energy, productivity, or anything, really, like, three pieces of advice, what would it be? could be anything. It doesn't have to be about health and energy, but I'm just saying, maybe. Make the first step is the biggest advice in whatever people do, because there's so much procrastination out there, and you're never going to get anywhere unless you make that first step. Second one, with regards to food, is to be aware of what you eat so keep a food diary so you can actually see what you're eating you don't yeah. have to take long you don't have to go on my fitness pal or anything like that if you don't want to you can just jot it down so you can see what you're eating and the third one and it may not be myself because I may not be I'm not going to be the, the coach for every single person obviously uh, just like they're not going to be the client for me but invest in something or someone to make you accountable and it may be a fact that I've had it before where a friend has given me a couple of grand and said if I'm not in shape by 12 weeks you keep that money so keep give someone some money that means something to you 
Yeah. And or give someone something that means something to you. Exactly, and that they get to keep it, or just something where you know you're going to be accountable. Now, it makes sense to invest in someone to coach you, so you've got someone to say, do this, do that, and kick my ass if I don't do it. Yep. So that's the most important part, is invest in a mentor. Don't be scared of doing it. Ask them for help. No, that's pretty awesome. Dude, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Really appreciate this. We've got to do this again sometime, man. There's so much we can talk about because we didn't even fucking touch upon the wrestling stuff. Yeah, wrestling. We, we should do a show with like me, you, and Ron and just talk about wrestling. Oh, is he a fan as well? Yeah. Well, he was supposed to go to Japan, uh, New Japan Wrestling on the Sunday we were there. No fucking and way. Then I think his brother's missus was, or is pregnant, probably had the baby now. And for some reason, his brother didn't want to go. And it was too late for me then to jump in. But there Damn. was. Billy Gunn was on there I know that much uh, B.A. Billy Gunn uh, who else man. I think Road should have been there as well because of that one yeah. but we'll see but dude again thanks so much for being on the show guys Definitely. as always check out uh, The Upgrade Coach TheUpgradeCoach.com the check it out and guys links are always in the description speak soon and see you on the next episode